0: This morning we're in Exodus chapter 17 as we continue our series on spiritual warfare and one of the devil's desires is to detour you out of God's will. Turn to your neighbor, say neighbor, watch the detours. He wants to detour you out of God's will. Chapter 17 of Exodus verse 1 and all the children all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed through the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim and there was no water for the people to drink when brokenness becomes a blessing i want to i want to send a proposition or should I say a propositional phrase? What do you do when you come to a water fountain and you're thirsty and it's out of order? The book of Exodus is the exiting and fast departure of God's people, Israel, from Egypt. It was the removing of slaves from bondage, a man, and captivity to a new promised land of freedom and fruitfulness. And in Genesis 47 to 50, God had used Joseph in a unique way as a type of Christ to save the nation. Famine had forced Jacob, Joseph's father, and his rebel brothers who tried to kill him by selling him into Egypt. And once Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, he said, listen, they were scared because he was second in command in Egypt, and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant this thing for good, to bring us to a desired end. And 70 souls went into Egypt, and in 430 years, two and a half million. Bible, the Bible, the Bible says that um, as they were coming out, this Passover took place in chapter 12, where God told them to slay a lamb and put blood on a doorpost and on a lintel, which forms a cross, and God says, and I want you to kill a lamb, eat it fast, take the blood in his sock, I want it on each door, because at midnight, My deaf angels coming through. And where and when I see the blood, I'll pass over. So the Passover is God's passing of judgment because of the blood. And then they ate bitter herbs and they ran out in the night. And they were trying to get out of Egypt quickly. And, 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 and as you look at this book of Exodus Moses records uh, that it was a 10 day trip from, from Egypt to Canaan but God turned the 10 days into a year because God took them a roundabout way because he did not want them to face the Philistines because they knew not how to fight. And sometimes God sometimes it looks like God's taking us in a roundabout way he's protecting us from things we cannot see do I have a witness up in the house? and 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 this 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 10 day trip which lasted into a year went on into the book of numbers and amen because of the rebellion and disbelief unbelief of Israel God God's GPS recalculated and, and ended up a 40 year trip which started out as a 10 day trip. Sometimes our disobedience can cause God to delay stuff. I'm preaching to somebody already in our lives. Can I get a, God told you something a long time ago you just refused to do it so he he just keeps delaying stuff. Hey, Can I get a witness? And, and, and 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 so in this, yeah, ten day trip, there, there there were seven critical, and I'm gonna show them to you. Seven critical pit stops or campsites, which targeted uh, seven significant lessons that we learn. That God is a God of purpose, and everywhere He led them, every time He led them, He had a lesson for them to learn. Can I get a witness? And, 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 child, and child of God, when you look at uh, uh, these, these pit stops, they, 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 they were placed there for direction, disclosure, and destiny. God, God was uniquely leading Israel. And, and in this Exodus, let me, let me say this to you because God is a purposeful God. It's one thing to bring his people physically out of Egypt. But it's another thing to bring Egypt out of the people. Oh, let me preach this thing this morning. Can I get away? Somebody asked you how long you've been saying, I have been say 25 years. I haven't gone to a cabaret or a disco in 25 years. Yeah, but you full of hell. You 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 still got Egypt inside of you. Oh, I'm preaching now. Now, and, and it takes God some doing to get not so much you out of Egypt, but the Egypt out of you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a witness, I'm a witness, I'm a witness. And, and, and child of God, it's in this context that spiritually Egypt is a picture of the world. And I'm, I want you to see that the Bible says here in, in chapter 17, and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, plural according to the commandment of the Lord. Don't forget that. They are being led by God. Now let me stop Paul's apart because typically when things are messing up in our lives, we try to identify some sin and maybe God is upset with us and that's why we are experiencing turmoil. And that's not always true. Sometimes we're smack dab. In the midst of his will, Lord have mercy. As he's leading us, there are some learning situations that are going on in our lives. Do I have a witness? And, I, and, and, and see, I don't know about you, but when I look over my life and I look back and I, Lord have mercy, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. Somebody asked me, well, did you knew, did, did you, knew you were going to be a pastor? No way. I, I, well, how, how come you passed in the church? I don't know. All I know is that my life was going on and amen, God was up there orchestrating stuff I didn't know about and one thing led to another and another thing led to another and if you're a child of God, here's your testimony. Uh, I don't know how I got here. I, 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 I know who led me here. I know who was with me to get here. All I know is that the Lord Lord have mercy made a way out of nowhere and we need to stop starting part with, with with that one pit stop that you and I did not engineer our own lives can I get a witness I graduated from South Philadelphia high in 1968 uh, and in and, 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 and June of 68 I got my diploma first class in the spectrum never forget it because the roof was leaking got my diploma and listen to this, three months later, I was in the military. I had my draft notice before I got my diploma. And anybody that knows anything about Vietnam will tell you 1968 was the worst year of fighting in Vietnam. It was the exact worst. I was in basic training. They said, y'all gonna die. you just gonna die. I'm 17 years old. This man cussing at me, talking about you're gonna die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to die. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Sir, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to die. Didn't understand it. when the Air Force. Did did seven years. Seven. Not four. Seven. Come out. Get a government job. I'm looking around, partying, going to cabarets, doing my thing. And then all of a sudden, I'm wooed to Bible college. Then I'm in graduate school. Then this and that. Then I'm pastoring. I, I don't know how all this stuff started coming together, but God had his hand. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. On Lord, have mercy on the situation. And and child of God, I need to say this to be honest. I haven't been Bruce righteous all the way. Even though God was leading me like Abraham, he lost faith, went down to Egypt, I lost faith. Yeah, like Moses, I got upset. Come on now, you can talk back to me. Can, and, and, and Charlie, God, I'm tired of all these tester lies. fact of the matter is, the Lord is good. And he ought to get the credit because it was him that led us. It was him that kept us. It was him that fed us. It was him that protected us. It was him. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, it was Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. It was Jesus! Yeah. I was sharing something this morning I'm a little embarrassed about. I'm very embarrassed about. I was in graduate school. I was pastoring. Going to school at night. And I had to do a paper on critical and analytical thinking. I had to read eight books and sit here and critically give a thesis and all this, you know, what you got to do in graduate school. So I read the prologue and the epilogue. (laughs) 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 Went into the middle of the book and started writing. So my lovely wife who has a master's degree came home, she looked at the paper, she said, this is undergrad work. This is not gonna fly in graduate school. I said, it's going to fly tonight. <laughs> she read eight books, rewrote the paper. I turned the paper in. And the prof in class said, Ray, stand up. You are such an analytical, and he gave me an A minus. You are such an analytical thing. I said, thank you. Thank you, Sister Jane. God bless you. <laughs> and you call yourself a preacher? I thought I was. <laughs> but, but understand that all of our pit stops are ordered by God. He orders our steps. There are no accidents in Christ. There are only appointments. Job said, I'll wait for my appointed time. I'll wait for my change to come. And all of our appointments are not positive. All of our appointments don't make us smile. All of our appointments don't make us laugh. God has engineered some things in the equation for our learning that we don't like. Can I get a witness And see, child of God, one of the things, one of the things, one of the things that we see in this context is that God is ordering these pit stops and they all are purposeful. My God. I want you to take a look with me, if you will, because, you know, I'm a Biblicist. I believe that we preach the Bible. In, in Exodus chapter 13, go back to Exodus chapter 13, verse quick. I want to show you the first pit stop, verse 20, 13, 20. You ought to be there. Look what it says. And they took their journey from Sukkoth. That's the first stop, Sukkoth. God brought them out of Israel and took them directly to Sukkoth. Now, when you look at that word Sukkoth, understand that at Sukkoth, they're leaving Egypt and they encamped. Here's the second stop Etham. In the edge, on the edge of the wilderness, nothing good happens at Ethan. And here's the principle that God is teaching: "I'm with you." Cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. And, and 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 when you understand that it was in this context, they are out of Egypt. They They are traveling in a strange land. They're going through some hot desert country. Enemies are surrounding them. And God is teaching something about his presence. That wherever I go, the Lord is. If I'm in the kitchen, he's there. If I'm in the bathroom, he's there. If I'm driving, he's there. If I'm on a job, he's there. That the Lord is, hallelujah, with me, and when God is with you, He's more than the world against you. Can I get a witness? Somebody said, No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Now, 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 I want you to see the first two stops, but then the third stop is in chapter 14, verse 2. Turn to your right, 14, 2, and look what it says. And they came to a place called Pihatharoth between Migdol and the sea. This word phatharoth in Hebrew is listen to this now the mouth of the gorges meaning they're in hill country and all the enemies are in the hills watching them. God says let me put a premium not only on my presence but let me give you a lessons about my protection that you need not worry only about the people in the valley you need not worry about the people in the hills because I'm the God of the hills in the valley. Do I have a witness? And, and, And you know, God has to step us, if you will, amen, through these elementary steps to prove himself to us. And then when you look at chapter 15, after Miriam sings her song of deliverance, chapter 14, Pharaoh's drowned in the Red Sea and when you get to Amen chapter uh, 15 are you with me and, 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 and you begin to look at verse 22 Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shore, went three days in the wilderness and found no water and here we go verse 23 and then another pit stop they come to a place called Marah but they couldn't drink the waters because the waters were bitter Led by God into bitterness. Let me uh, let me say three things about bitterness. This life is a combination of bitterness and sweetness. Stop being deceived. Life is short and full of trouble. Do I have a witness? Don't, don't, don't let the devil magnify your life around just the positives. God allows us to go through some bitterness. There have been some bitter episodes in my life, and I'll be lying. It could be, listen, it could be anything. It could be the death of a loved one. It could be sickness. It could be monetary uh, situations. It could be career situations. Whatever it is, God allows bitterness, and listen to this now, because that's just part of life. But then the second lesson about bitterness is this, that many times in the midst of our trials, when it gets hot, when the heat gets turned up, God gives us an x-ray of our own heart. We see what's really inside of us and it's ugly. You ain't gotta say, man, let me look at the clock. Can I get a witness? I, I mean, if you get enough heat, uh, a, a, amen, connected to your life, stuff in you start coming out that you didn't know was in you. Oh, I'm preaching now. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, that's why we need to understand that what the heat does, the heat, Lord have and you got to have heat because, uh, uh, child of God, when the preacher's preaching or the teacher's teaching, you get head knowledge. Head knowledge don't do you any good. That's just intellectualism. God wants you to have heart knowledge, and what gets the knowledge from your head to your heart is he. Oh, I'm preaching now. When there's heat in my life, I come to know him. When there's heat in my life, I walk with him. When there's heat in my life, I talk with him. When there's heat in my life, I praise his name. Oh, I'm preaching now. That is, I learn. Paul says, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. Yeah. Uh, can I get a witness? I've, I've, I've learned how to balance my life. And you know, balance is hard. Paul says, the things dear to me, I count them loss for Christ. I, I, I traded in my assets. Lord have mercy. All my degrees, all my, all my, all, all, all my benefits. Paul says, I exchanged them in. Lord have mercy for trouble. Can I get away? Why, Paul, that I may know him. That that ganusko is the Greek word that I may personally know him in, uh, in, in the, yeah, in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of the subject we made conformable. You really don't know Jesus, to you in a situation that only Jesus can get you out. Can I get a witness? You, you really, you really, you really, you know of him. You don't know him. Do I have a witness up in the house? You say, well, I know the man from Galilee. You only know him by somebody telling you a story. Do I have a witness? Well, I've heard of him. You don't know him. Can I get a witness? you heard of him, you heard about him, but to know him is to walk with him. To know him is to go through hell and come out. To know him is to, is, is to be bankrupt then be blessed. To know him is to be able to shout, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my present help in the time of trouble. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, now, Lord, have mercy. And when you can give Jesus all the credit, you know him. Can I get a witness? Oh, I know him. When everybody turned their back on me, he was there. Can I get a, I know him. When hell was breaking out of my life, he showed up. I know him. Can I get a witness? When there was no food in the cupboard, he provided. I know him. Mara. Mara. Another pit stop. Here's what happens at Mara. The waters are better. They can't drink them. So God says to Moses, after the people do all this murmuring, why would you bring us out here to die? Yeah. And you know, there's a connection here. See, when, 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 when stuff is not working right in your life, you don't attack God. You attack the pastor. God's leader. That's why they attacked Moses. They 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 didn't attack God. They came after Moses. <laughs> God bless Moses. My well, Moses cussed. <laughs> well, Pastor am I still single? I don't know. Shoot. (laughs) Why you still single? I can't answer them questions. Help me Holy Ghost. (sighs) Fact, 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 fact of the matter is when they came tomorrow, here's the third reason for the bitterness. Here's what God said. It's unique. It's in this chapter. I don't have time to deal with it. God says, listen Moses, here's what you do. There is a tree that's planted by the bitter waters. In fact, the tree has been planted before the waters became bitter. The tree was waiting on the bitterness. Take that tree and put it in the water and the waters will become sweet. And child of God, here's the message and the lesson, when bitterness is in your life, you gotta take the tree of Calvary you gotta take the tree of the cross. You gotta you gotta put Jesus into the bitterness. And the Lord will make that which is bitter sweet. Can I get a witness? And he can make you sweet. As bitter as you may seem this morning, he can sweeten you up so you can go home and kiss your husband. He can sweeten you up. So, you can go home and smile at them rebellious children. He can sweeten you up. So, you can go to work tomorrow and say, Good morning, everybody. Isn't it a beautiful day? My God is an awesome God. He, he, they, they, they were at Mary. They were at Mary. They were at Mary. Lord, have mercy. Ah. And the Bible says in chapter 16 and verse 1, they took their journey from Elam. And here we go. Here's another pit stop. Amen. And when you look at chapter 16, thank you, Jesus, they then, amen, are traveling to the Lord's next pit stop. They run out of food. They start crying, and God sends down these sweet pancakes from heaven called manna. Can I get a witness? Because he wanted them to know that not only was there power in his presence and power in his protection, but there's power in his provisions. Can I get a witness? And God rains down the uh, uh, manna from heaven and gives them all of these instructions on how to deal with this manna. And then we come to our text. And here's the seventh and final pitch stop. And I want you to see that they were led, according to the commandment of the Lord, pitched in referendum, and there was no water for the people to drink. Let me, let me, let me um, deal with, first of all, God's reasoning for the rest stop. Every place, metaphorically, that God brings you to, there's a lesson there. There's a lesson. The problem in the church, we don't learn our lessons. Are you with me this morning? He brings them thirsty to them. And by the way, one of the places I did not point out is that God led them to 12 wells and, amen, uh, trees, water, a land of refreshing, and they enjoyed it. And then right from there, he leads them to thirst. But what is the lesson here? I I want you to see this. That many times, God leads us to water fountains that are out of order. Now, let me deal with this. You mean, God, you led me in this marriage? In this marriage? Ain't no water coming out this fountain. All I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I'm dry. My needs aren't being met. I don't feel loved. I feel unappreciated. I don't feel approved. I don't feel accepted. You mean you led me? God said, "Yeah, legit." That when you come to a fountain and it's out of order, what is it that God? The problem with God's people is, where we ought to stay, we leave, and where we ought to leave, we stay. God. Oh, y'all ain't getting so I'ma get out your way, doc. I don't. Let me talk about myself. There are times in my life when God says, "You ought to get up and lead this stuff," and I stay. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then there are times when God says, don't leave, and I get up. See, what God wants to do with Israel is this. He wants to show them and teach them a critical principle. What's the principle? That when the fountain in your life doesn't work, he wants to fix your fountain in front of you. Dude, where the fountain ain't working, God says, just stay there, stay there. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. Make it work. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it, work. Make it work. 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 You say, man, Lord, this thing is leaking. This thing is rusty. You know what? I used to play ball. I used to play ball in Philly, and, and uh, years ago, uh, we get all hot, like 90 degrees. we go up to a water fountain, and I remember a person, nothing come out. And that leaves me depressed. Listen to this. What's supposed to work won't work. Are you with me? And here's why God wants to fix the fountain in front of you, because when he fixes the fountain in front of you, it increases your faith. My fountain was broken. My fountain was rusty. My fountain didn't work, but God showed up in his own time and he fixed this fountain. He, he fixed my marriage, he fixed my ministry, he fixed my money, he fixed my career, he fixed my kids. Whatever your fountain is, he wants to fix it in front of you. Not only does it produce faith, it produces fortitude. Can I get, you get stronger as you see God fixing stuff in front of you. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm not talking about what he fixed in back of you. I'm talking about what he's fixing in front of you. You done seen it. You don't like it. It stinks. It gets on your nerves. You've been praying about it. And God says, I want to fix this thing in front of you. Why, God? It's going to increase your faith. It's going to give you a new fortitude. And it's going to give you assurance for the future that the next fountain you come to and you come into a next fountain and it's broken, you're going to stay there. And you'll be able to tarry and praise my name, knowing that I'm the God that can repair a broken fountain. When you go home, you you know, Jeremiah the prophet told Israel, he said, Israel, you know, and he was a prophet of doom. Jeremiah said Israel you committed two sins. One you have forsaken the fountain of living waters. Who is God and then two you've hewn out cisterns that can hold no water. Oh, shit when you come to a fountain instead of you going back to the living water, you try to erect, fix up Amen, conjure up waters that can never come together. you got licks in your buckets. Water, fountains. Thank you, Jesus. There, 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 there is, there is uh, in, in my life, there's been some fountains that have been broken. Can I get a witness? Yeah, fountains, psychological fountains, emotional fountains. Can I get a witness? Times of difficulty. Have you ever had times of difficulty? In your marriage, your ministry, with your money, with your mind? Have you ever had times of difficulty? And and see, the temptation is to fix your own fractures. The temptation is, I don't need Jesus Christ. I know what to do. I know what to amen. I know what to initiate. Can I get a witness? But see, here's the thing you and I don't understand. He knows the future, and you don't. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and nobody fails in Christ. That's why we're victorious. When you fail a test, you got to take it over again. Do I have a witness up in the house? If I fail a test on temptation, can I get a witness? God doesn't send me to hell. I'm saved forever. But that temptation coming back again. Maybe in another form, but whatever I fail, i got to take over again. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't fail out this class. You just got to take the class over again. His reasoning. His reasoning leads to his rod. hmm in verse 2 it says, The people did chide with Moses, and give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why are you chiding with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore has this man brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children, our cattle, with thirst? And Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do? And the Lord told Moses, What's that in your hand? And he said, A rod! Now stop this rod was a serpent. This rod was what God gave Moses on Mount Sinai. Yeah. And he said, go before Pharaoh, throw it down to become a serpent. Are you with me? And you know, um, Pharaoh had two uh, magicians who threw their rod down, said ain't no big thing. And two serpents came out. But the problem was Moses, one serpent ate up their two serpents. Meaning that God is more powerful than Satan. Can I get a witness? I'm, I'm sick of all this dualism around here. Satan has some power. But God's got all power. Can I get a witness? Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. But wherever there's a prince, there's a king somewhere. His name is King Jesus. Can I get a witness? And he's got all power. Do I have a witness up in the house? He said, I got power to lay my life down, and I got power to take it up again. He's got power to control the universe. He's got power in heaven. He's got power on earth. He's got power under the earth. Do I have a witness up in the house? Go home and read Mark chapter 5 when you get home because it was Jesus that told disciples, let's go to the other side. They got in the boat, and and, and in the middle of the night, a storm rose, and and the Bible says, and the boat got to shaking and railing and rocking, and Jesus was in the boat sleep, and Peter and them stood up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're about to perish? Wake up! And the Bible says Jesus got up in the midst of the boat while the storm was rising, and Jesus looked at the same and said, oh, ye of little faith, did not I tell you that we was going to the other side? See, child of God, he didn't have to tell him a storm was coming up. All he told him, we going to the other side. Some of y'all got storms in your life, but if you trust Jesus, you going to the other side. Some of y'all ready to give up, but you're going to the other side. Some of y'all tired, but you're going to the other side. He stood up and said, he told the storm what he wanted. He said, peace. Then he gave the command, be still. And the Bible says everything came to a halt. Can I get a witness? And Peter and John said, "Uh, what manner of man is this that even the sin, the sea and the waves and the wind obey him? Do I have a witness? Then they get on the other side of the shore. And Jesus gets out the boat and starts walking. You don't see nothing of' disciples. And this demonic man, yeah, who they had chained down and he had broken the chains. He cut himself. He was crazy. He was demon-possessed. And the Bible says when he saw Jesus, he started running towards Jesus. Do you see what I see? And the Bible says, and when he got to Jesus, he fell down and worshiped him. And Jesus said, what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion. 6,000 Roman soldiers, 6,000 demons was in this man. for we are many. Now, 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 if my math is right, 6,001, to 1, you would think Jesus was in trouble. Can I get a witness? But the demon said, Lord, permit us to run into the swine. Do you know that Jesus has the power to defeat Satan and all demonic forces of hell? Do you know he has the power? To protect your life, your family's life, your children's life, your home, your house, your car. Do you know he's got the power to defeat the enemy? Can I get a witness? That's why John said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Power. 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 While I'm on the subject, even a cross, Satan nor the Romans nor the Jews crucified him. The predetermined counsel of the Godhead, Acts 2.23, put him on a cross. Can I get a witness? Jesus said, no man takes my life. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Uh, because I'm God. I have power to lay it down, power to take it. He's God, the Trinitarian God. Let us make man in our own image. We got to get our doctrine straight. And see, the problem in the church, some of y'all eating at too many tables. You want to be relevant and not righteous. You're eating at too many tables. You're believing that you need to speak in tongues to be saved. You're lying. The truth ain't in you. You're believing, I'm going to preach it, that, that everybody's going to heaven, homosexuals, lesbians. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Can I get a? You, 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 you keep believing. Amen. You, you, you keep believing that you can sow and not reap. Can I get a witness? Child of God, you better open up the real 66 books, 39 old, 27 new of inspired, infallible texts. Church folk in the witchcraft, church folk in the seances, church folk into parties, church folk at the table with the devil and then at the table with the Lord. Look at this. Somebody, 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 somebody need to tell you the truth because the truth won't set you free. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Hallelujah. And I'm talking to Baptists, Pentecostals, Church of God in Christ, Apostolics, Catholics. I'm talking to them all. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all. Can I get a witness? I don't need to go in no booth with no man and confess my sins to God. I don't need to do that. My Bible says... Oh, I'm preaching, if we confess our sins, uh, say the same thing God is saying. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't need to worship Mary. I don't need no statutes in my house. My God is an awesome God. Jesus is my great high priest. Can I get a witness? I don't need to worship no pregnant statue called Buddha. I've got a God that controls the universe. Somebody needs to preach it. Can I get a witness? He's a God who cleans me from all my sin. He's a God that opens up a way when I get in trouble. He's an invisible God, and yet he's a right on time God. He's an inhabiting God. I'm indwelt by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I get it? I was born twice, but I'm only going to die once. Greater! I don't need no bow tie I don't need no bean pies I don't need yeah I don't need nothing else all I need is Jesus the Christ check it out I gotta get out of here somebody's upset stay upset stay upset up your nose with a rubber hole in the name of Jesus we preach Christ and him crucified and Paul said I don't want to know anything else among you I don't know I don't want to know philosophical forecourt I, I, I don't want to know your I I don't want to know your psychology Paul said when it comes to life I don't want to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. That rod, that rod dealt with that gospel in, John, in, in Genesis 3 16. That rod, which was a serpent, is going to bruise his heel. But he's gonna crush his head. Can I get a witness? And then he moves from the reasoning and the ride to the rock of the pit stop. Look, look at the rock real quick. The rock, the rock, the rock of redemption. That Jesus Christ is this rock and I, I want to talk about this rock in the text. Verse 6, are you with me? Behold, I will stand before thee, and there in a rock and horror, and thou shalt smite the rock. And then he goes on, Amen, talking about a rock. The Greek word is Petra, the same word that Jesus used in Matthew 16:18 when he said, "Upon this Petra, this rock, myself, not Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail." against it he talks about the redemption of the rock he talks about the, re- the revelation of the rock first corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 don't turn he said all of our fathers was under the cloud all of our fathers ate of the manna all of the fathers were led by the guidance of the holy spirit and yet god was not pleased with all of them Twenty-four thousand got killed because of their sin of unbelief are you praying with me yeah But then he talks about the rock of refreshing. The rock that's able to give water that sustains. You remember John chapter 4, Jesus told his disciples, going into the city and by me, I have a program appointment in Samaria. I must meet this woman at the well at 12 o'clock. And when he came up to the well, the woman was in, at the well, she was a loose woman, she was a harlot, and Jesus said, can you give me a drink? And she says, you have nothing to draw with. And, and, and they go on to this long conversation, this is Jacob's well, are you great enough, Father? And finally Jesus looked at her and said, woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. And the water that I would give you would be a spring, keep springing into everlasting life. He's a rock of redemption. He's a rock of revelation. He's a rock, Lord, have mercy, of refreshing. But he's a rock of rebuke. Chapter ten of First Corinthians one to six, it says, and the Greek word tupos, which is we get our word type from, he says. In 1st Corinthians 10 13 take heed how you're standing he deals with standing and falling in 1st Corinthians chapter 10 he deals it's out of this text because we try to live with a cup of blessing and a cup of idolatry we try to live lives for Satan and then for Jesus and he says take heed that he says, there is no temptation that have taken you familiarity that's not common to all men. That all of us are tempted by the same stuff. Can I get a witness? He said, but God, he moves from familiarity to faithfulness, but God with the temptation. Oh, I like that. Isn't that power? God's going to take the stuff that's ready to make you stumble, use it to make you stronger. He, but with the temptation, he's going to make a way of escape. Can I get a witness? And and then, child of God, when you begin to look at uh, the rationale for all of this, the reasoning for the pit stop, the rest stop, the the, the rock symbolically at the rest stop which leads to the requirement of prayer in the midst of the rest stop. As we close, look at verse 8. Then came Amalek And fought with Israel in Rephidim." Now God says you had a thirst problem, now you got a threat problem. Do I have a witness? He told Moses and Joshua, choose our men go fight, amen, with Amalek. This is Esau's grandson. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. This is Moses. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her. Her is traditionally known as Miriam's husband. Those three went up to the top of the hill, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Do I have a witness? See, child of God, I, I think after 24 years of pastoring, I think I'm beginning to understand how this thing works. Prevailing prayer means. You got to stay up in prayer to Jesus Christ. And, 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 and when the pastor gets weak or when one another gets weak, we gotta have somebody. Stand up, stand up, stand up. To hold up. Come on, come on, grab me, man. Come on. Put the button. No, grab, grab under, man. Grab under, grab under, under, under. Hold up. He getting ready to pull me down. Oh, hold, hold up the pastor's hand because I get tired and you get tired of this journey, you get tired of temptations, you get tired of being hit, you get tired of suffering and you gotta have somebody to hold you up, come on guys in prevailing and when they get tired, somebody else got to hold up in prevailing And we gotta hold each other up. Can I get a witness? But child of God, I want you to see this. As they held them up in prayer, they won the battle. And the only way we're gonna win the battle, somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time to pray for me. It could have been your grandmother, could have been your great grandmother, could have been your mother who's dead and in glory. But I'm so glad they prayed. I'm glad when I was in the cabaret, half high, somebody was praying. I'm glad when I was in the street, somebody was praying. I'm glad when I was messed up in my mind, somebody. <laughs> Was praying. They prayed. They prayed. They prayed. Can I get a witness? They prayed till the fountain started producing water. They prayed till the fountain got fixed. They prayed till my fractures got healed. They prayed till I had running in my feet, clapping in my hands, joy in my soul. They prayed. Didn't somebody pray for you? Didn't somebody pray for you? Didn't somebody call out his name? Didn't somebody pray for you? You know why we here this morning? Because somebody prayed. Can I get a witness? When you were in college, they were praying. When you were in cabarets, they were praying. When you were in discos, they were praying. When you were high of your mind, they were praying. When you were fornicating, they they were praying. Can I get a witness? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. They prayed and God fix their fountain. Can I get a witness? He'll fix your fountain that will not work. He'll fix your mind. He'll fix your heart. He'll fix your feet. He'll fix your will. Can I get a witness? But as I close, there is another fountain. There's a fountain dipped in blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath his flood, lose all their guilty stain. The dying thief, can I get a witness? Rejoice to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vow as he, have all my sins washed away. You know I'm rejoicing this morning? Because all my sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? I'm a new man in Christ. I'm on a new mission for Christ. I got a new mandate by Christ. Can I get a witness? Old things are passed away. All things become new. Are you praying with me this morning? I'm so glad that I'm trusting Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that when my fountains are broken, He fixes them. I'm so glad that I don't run out the door trying to get rid of them. I'm so glad that the Lord is power. That they He have power? Power to fix you. Power to make you faithful. Power to make you clothed in your right mind. Power, 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 power. Any good, any good, any good. He's good. What to do when the fountain is out of order? Do nothing. Let him fix it in front of you so you can run forevermore. Talking about how faithful he is. Stop trying to fix your children. Stop trying to fix your marriage. Stop trying to fix your ministry. Let go. And let God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here today and you are not saved, the Bible says you're going to hell. The wages of sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What would a man give in exchange for his soul? You must be born again through faith, by faith, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross and shed his blood, when you believe and ask him to come to your life, all your sins are forgiven. And then God puts the Holy Spirit inside of you as a guidance, as a GPS, as a direction, as a developer, as a down payment. If you're here this morning you're not saved, be honest, don't lie to yourself nor God. Just raise your hand, put your hand there. Guys, came on the bus, put your hands in there. You want to be born again, come on out here, come on. Come on, come on, come on out here. The Bible says, one soul over one soul, all the angels are shouting in glory. Come on, come on, come on, guys. Thank you, man. Just turn around right here. Come on, come on, guys, come on. You need to be born again. Come on out. Come on out. We love you. Come on, man. You need to be saved. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on out. Come on out. Praise Jesus. Come on. Come on. You need to be saved. Y'all saved. Come on out. Come on out, brother. Again, another Come on out. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Come on out. Look at Jesus.